When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The smartest guys around are about to break it down. Actually, they didn't really win the game at all. Survivor, no way to Survivor Donalds, after episode number two of uh, Survivor 44, and I am Rob Sistrino here with a special guest filling in for Stephen Fishback. Welcome in our great friend from Survivor, David versus Goliath. It's Gabby Pascuzzi. Gabby, how are you? Hello, I am great, Rob. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks to Stephen for not being here so I can join you. Yeah, some people <laughs> wondered, was Stephen climbing on the rocks? Uh, what happened to Stephen? I believe uh, he is uh, visiting family tonight, so I uh, could not be here with us for episode number two, uh, but he will be back with us next week. And we are blessed to have Gabby here with us tonight to talk about what I thought was a very fun episode of Survivor 44. Uh, Gabby, I've got a lot of questions about the Tribal Council and ultimately 
the outcome of uh, what happened and uh, what happened to Helen. We will talk with Helen on Thursday morning. I'll have my exit interview coming up uh, with Helen. And so we will get to the bottom of that. And then we have a very fun recap coming up because the great Mike Turner will join me on Thursday for a recap. So we Uh are looking forward to that. And Grace Leader joins me for the Survivor Feedback Show coming up on Monday night. If you all have questions for me and Gabby here tonight, put them in the chat so we can go ahead and take them later on in the show. Uh, Gabby, uh, your cats are attacking you like (laughs) the snake attacked Carolyn. Yes. Oh my gosh. My cats also want to be know-it-alls and I'm sure they would consider themselves know-it-alls as cats do. But yes. Oh my gosh. What a fun episode of Survivor. I am so excited to get into it with you. Yeah, we really got a lot with some of like the bigger personalities uh, that we have on this show. And and I can't complain too much because I don't want to be a hypocrite because in Australian Survivor, uh, which I have enjoyed very much this season, no spoilers coming. uh, But I see you say, you know, Australian Survivor, you know, that they basically say, hey, these are the people we care about. Don't worry about who these other people are. They're not important to the story. And I kind of feel like that that's what happened here with Helen, because I feel like I know nothing about what happened to her. I I feel the same way, and I feel like I barely got to know Helen, and I was really excited, too. She seemed really, really smart on the first episode where she like figured out how to solve that puzzle. I thought we were going to see a little coalition forming among the smart young folk. Um, But yeah, we did not unfortunately get to know her for very long before she was removed from our screens forever. Hopefully not forever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, hopefully not. And you know, and you feel bad for Helen because I don't feel like she did very much wrong here. It seems like the only thing that we can point to here of what happened with Helen was that Carson, uh, that he, he may be going to go work for NASA. Hopefully he is not going to work for the FBI or the CIA <laughs> as a profiler because he seemed to have a very wrong read about her body language. She crossed her arms. She crossed her arms and that's why she's going home. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sure I'm sure it's more nuanced than that, but um yeah, Carson uh Carson with the books, with the encyclopedic knowledge I suppose of body language. Um I actually thought Carson's body language looked the most suspicious. <laughs> most sus. I, th- yeah. I thought that was going to be the twist is that he's like I'm reading everybody's language, but his body language he was looking around like biting his nails and I'm like, "Uh-oh, buddy, you're looking a little suspicious there." But I did think it was very very funny that they were all pointing fingers at each other. But w- was that Helen's demise? I don't know. I, it was a fun scene for sure that everybody, because we got the two scenes with the birdcage and after Carolyn had ultimately taken the thing out that everybody was pointing the fingers and nobody, somehow nobody thought it was Carolyn, even though she seemed like the most likely suspect who was not with them. No, I know. I'm wondering about what the timing of it all was. I don't know. Maybe she was like swimming in the ocean so they thought it couldn't be her. Maybe she's just so 
goofy and or share. Yeah. <laughs> goofy and Sherry that she they never suspected her. But everyone got their finger pointed at them. Everyone was it was like the Spider-Man meme of them all like pointing at each other in a circle. But no one was pointing at Carolyn, which I personally was very thrilled with. I think Carolyn is a great character that I'm sure we will talk plenty about. Yes. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, Carolyn is just uh, so much fun to have on the screen and you can tell how much the producers just love her of like so many reaction shots to everything. And she is a fascinating person to watch. Uh, and uh, there is just like uh, so much fun stuff to talk about uh, with Carolyn. But l- let me let's stick with Helen here because for me, it really came down to it seemed like that this was set up in the episode to be Carson's decision. Carson had been working with Helen and Sarah in the last episode, made a three person alliance there. And then in this episode, seemingly, you know, we got to see like his decision of do I want to be with the like strategic alliance that makes sense? Or do I want to be with sort of like the big characters who are the fun people? But to me, this didn't really seem like the ideal decision for me as an outsider looking at Carson's game. Is that because you think that the sort of younger people were the more strategic group that he was working with? Because I felt like he's well positioned where he's working with both groups strategically. And maybe he feels like the Jam Jam and Carolyn side are like easier to read and that he gets a certain amount of honesty out of them that maybe he finds harder to find in Helen because she's obviously because she's crossing her arms. Mm -hmm. But maybe because they are they are very similar that he wants to work with people that think differently than him or that he feels like he can read or that maybe he feels like he can outsmart. Like maybe even though I of course think there's strategy going on with Jam Jam and Carolyn, maybe Carson thinks that he's the more strategic of that trio. So he'd be able to control them a little more as opposed to with the two women on the other side. Maybe he, maybe he's intimidated. I mean, intimidated by two strong women. Perhaps. I mean, uh, we'll probably uh, hear like every different idea of like what Carson could have been thinking this week uh, between uh, us and all of the different podcasts. I, I th- it seemed like that based on what we saw, like the three seconds we saw of their alliance talk from last week, it was like, hey, we're all like sort of like minded. Uh, we should be an alliance together. And then it, it seemed like, OK, that that sort of made sense that these seem like, you know, uh, Helen and Sarah seemed like smart players. And it seemed like that he was a good fit there with them. And it seemed like that we didn't get any sort of sense of the hierarchy of those three players. And then over with Jam Jam and Carolyn. It seems like that I don't know that as a younger person working with two older players, like I feel like that I would say that he maybe would have the uh, less agency over there working with uh, the older players as sort of like the 20 year old coming in. But maybe that's a bad take. No, I think it's a good take. And I don't know how Carson sees himself. Maybe he sees himself as like the younger brother. Like I'm going to try to be like Carolyn's kid and that she's going to take care of me. I don't know what's going on in his head because he was talking about it as if there's like two sides of his personality. Uh, I actually don't know what those two sides were. Um, he said angel and devil. I don't know if I followed. We don't know. Which was which. 
Um, yeah, but I mean, he's clearly well positioned, but also it's not going unnoticed. I really wish we got to know more about his relationship with Helen, since it did seem like at Mm -hmm. first they were number ones and then he was this, uh, deciding vote. So I'm a little confused there. They worked together on the puzzle last time and I don't really know why. And I'd love to hear Helen's interview tomorrow to hear what their relationship was like. Yeah. Now, Gabby, last week when Maddie got voted out, um, there was a lot that we were confused about right after the episode. And a lot of those things came to light based off of Maddie's exit interview. But Stephen and I had done some supposition here on the know-it-alls. And it did turn out that we were right about a few different things. So let me sort of like try to prognosticate some things that maybe were not in the episode that might make this make sense. Do you think that maybe the secret of the idol turned out to not be that big of a secret and it became a known fact in the tribe. Carolyn has the idol, thus not making her a logical target to put the votes on at that tribal council. Oh, um, that I... I don't know, because then why would Helen have voted for her at tribal? So I, I don't know if I buy that. I guess that's fair. Maybe did is it possible that Carolyn could have confided in Jam Jam and Carson that she had the idol and that could have been the thing that swung Carson to that side? I was wondering that as well. I really hope she didn't, because I really like how everyone's keeping their idol a secret. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, to your point, I I have been wondering how big of a role the idol and the semi-open birdcaged package was because it seemed like it caused a lot of suspicion among everybody. But in particular, I, I can't stop thinking about Carson's confessional about Helen. Um, I don't know how important that was to him, but if he got the sense that she wasn't telling him everything, that might have weakened their how he felt about the re- the relationship and the alliance. Mm-hmm. For sure, uh, that could be a major factor. Don't you think it's weird it didn't come up on a tribal council based on what we saw? Yeah, yeah, it is weird that it didn't come up. Um, Because now they know that like somebody of the five of them has it right. It's not like Mm -hmm. they can even say um, like, well, we don't know if somebody has it and put it back. It's like they all agreed that it looked open. So where does the tribe go from there? Unless they think that they got rid of the person that had the idol, like maybe there was So you were saying there was a maybe it was leaked that Carolyn had it. Maybe it became like common camp lore that Helen had it or something like that. And they took this opportunity to blindside her. It's a lot of prognosticating. So I don't know. But welcome to Survivor Notals. Yeah, it does seem weird that they didn't. there didn't seem to be any kind of like group consensus on how they were going to treat the opened package. And as you know, every survivor will tell you, we don't see everything that happens at tribal council. Tribal council goes on for some time, but I feel like that that seems like that that would be the most important thing that this tribe might talk about. And I almost feel like that. What are we even doing at tribal council? If Jeff's questioning isn't so, Hey, there was uh, anything unusual happen at the camp. And having like sort of like this public discussion of 
the thing and how that there is a lot of suspicion going around. Yeah, no, it does seem like something either Jeff would bring up or that the players themselves would bring up because they love to be like, well, Jeff, we don't even know who's got the idol. And one thing that struck me during Tribal was that Carolyn, when Jeff said, oh, well, you're talking in past tense. And she said, well, no, I'm not going home. And for a split second, she said, I'm staying. And for a split second, I thought... Maybe she was going to say, like, I'm for sure playing my idol or that that conversation was going to happen then. And it didn't. But, yeah, Helen voted for her. So I don't imagine that Helen would have voted for her if she knew she had the idol. Unless there was some, like, big brain play where they knew that Carolyn had it and then they convinced her not to play it. And Carson actually told Helen, like, oh, don't worry, she they think that they're blindsiding you, Helen, but, um, so she doesn't play her idol, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is the fact that I get, uh, there, uh, what can Helen do in that spot? But you know, if Carolyn is not going to the shot in the dark there in that spot, is that a tip off for Helen that, okay, maybe, uh, I don't know what's happening at this tribal council. That's a good point that, well, they don't find out about the shot in the dark, right? I mean, they can play it privately. So she may not have known. And then, and then sort of when it's like time to read the advantages and stuff, it's like, she she doesn't have anything to play anyway, despite her arm crossing. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, I wonder if that was a conversation of like, it seems like, and I never played with the shot in the dark, but it seems like the, a meta of that strategy is convince people not to play their shot in the dark because they don't want to risk the like one in six chance. So I wonder if there was any conversation about like the season, Gabby. Yeah. It's been hit. Uh, Jamie breaking the record. Mm-hmm. Of, I don't know if it's a record. If it's never been, it is. She made history. Yes, yeah, she made history. Herstory, even. Um, the it is International Women's Day. I okay. Shout out. I I wonder if part of the strategy was like, okay, well, we're all voting for Carolyn, but we got to make sure she doesn't play her shot in the dark. And then Carolyn not playing her short shot in the dark is enough for Helen to go like, okay, it's it's going how I think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about for Sarah, uh, who really did not get a lot in the episode? Is she just left out in the cult now? Presumably, if this tribe goes to another tribal council, uh, Sarah is probably going to be the person who goes home. Yeah, it's not looking great for her because I, I I wrote it out before the vote happened. And either way, she was going to be revealed as not having had a vote, I believe, because if it had been two votes on Helen. So if Carson had voted for Helen, it would have been two on, or sorry, if Carson had voted for Carolyn, it would have been two on Helen from Jam Jam and mm-hmm. Carolyn and two on Carolyn. And they would have been like, where's the fifth vote? Cause it would have tied. Yeah. And then if everybody, um, voted for Helen, then it would say three votes on Helen. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, well, th- I think you stumbled onto something, Gabby, that interestingly, is it possible that Sarah shared that information with Carson? He's like, well, I don't want to go to Uh, rocks here. You know, I don't I don't want to go to a tie uh, like a a two two log jam. That's a really good point. Yeah. Glad I stumbled onto it and you picked up the, the pieces because, yeah, I thought 
like this is really risky for Sarah to not reveal to her alliance mates in her head as how it was framed in the episode is in her head. She had three people voting for Carolyn, which was Helen Carson and Jam Jam. So she wouldn't have been revealed as not having had a vote because three is enough for a majority. Jeff stops reading it. Did she really believe that Jam Jam was going to vote for Carolyn? I mean, according to that confessional, yes, but it, it would you can see the argument both ways where it's smart for her to not share it. Cause she doesn't want to like put or herself at it. risk. Yeah. Um, but at a certain point, maybe it does seem like you should tell your Alliance member in Carson at least, um, and say, I actually don't have a vote. So yeah. like, we need to work out the numbers of this. That's a really, really good point. Maybe Carson was trying to avoid that. Yeah. I feel like that that's the thing that we've talked about that might actually make the most sense because then uh, if it ends up going to, okay, two votes on Carolyn, two votes uh, on, uh, especially if, if Carson knew, okay, that jam jam is with Carolyn and they try to recruit him. Uh, then, you know, you get to this, uh, two, two tie, Sarah can't, uh, revote on the tie because, uh, she lost her vote. And then eventually if people need to, you know, switch their votes or, uh, we go to rocks. Yeah. Or they would they would revote once, right? They would re, so then, they would revote once, and so he could re, he could vote out Helen then. He could re, he could vote out Helen then, but I think that maybe he felt like, hey, I should build trust. This didn't go great for Daniel uh, when this happened in Survivor Forty Two. Let me get ahead of this vote. This is a guy who's building three D puzzles in his uh, house to get ready. So I think he, that he might be a little bit more prepared for uh, this uh, potential two two tie. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an interesting proposition. I, mm-hmm. I feel like, um, do you think that if Sarah had revealed that though, that would have made Sarah a target where like, why would they go through all this roundabout thing? Why would Carson or whoever risk this complicated thing instead of like, Sarah's like, Hey, I don't have a vote. And he's like, Hey, Helen, uh, our plan isn't going to work. Sarah doesn't have a vote. Hey, everyone will just get Sarah out instead. Like, I feel like that might've been more parsimonious. Yes. Yeah. Very parsimonious, uh, that we did see jam jam and Carolyn talk independently of Carson about who they wanted to vote for. And they came up with Helen. So I don't know if maybe, uh, Sarah had just more favor with the group than Helen might have. True. True. Um, yeah. Surprising. Cause she also like was in that hero role for the challenge and nobody mm-hmm. really said anything. So, um, I, I don't know. I feel like we barely know Sarah either. I'm like, who is she? We have no idea. Um, hopefully uh, we get to find out. We do know a lot about Carolyn. Okay. Uh, and she has become the, you know, um, the face of Survivor 42, uh, 44. Uh, and it's very appropriate because she makes a lot of faces. <laughs> she makes so many faces. She is a gif Gold mine. GIF gold mine, and I, yes. And I changed my pronunciation of GIF just for that alliteration. Mm-hmm. And um, I do need her to stop touching her eyes with her dirty ass hands. Mm-hmm. I need her to stop that. I don't want her to get pink eye. That would be the saddest. She constantly is like touching her face. She constantly. Like, like moving her face around. I mean, I feel like I that we it. heard Cher and Goofy, but she's also like Jim Carrey. She just has like the most like rubbery <laughs> like face that she's constantly like smushing and like 
million different directions. <laughs> right. Well, I want to know where Jam Jam got Cher from. I, that, that was not like a mm-hmm. comparison that I might have made. Um, she, Carolyn, is TV casting gold. Like, yeah. congrats to whoever found her. I... And was very sad to see Helen go. Um, I hope that I did not reintroduce this like a uh, curse of a, an Asian woman is on your podcast and an Asian woman goes home uh, the don't same even, night don't on even Survivor. Speak that evil so, into the world. <laughs> it already happened. There's, don't there's even, don't no one even. left to root. There's no more Asian women left to root mm-hmm. for. Okay, so it's not going to happen again this season. Just don't have me on again in the future. Stop it. Was it. very sad to see Helen go. But I have to say, and and of course, it's because we got to know Carolyn more. I was really happy that she didn't go home. I did not want her to go. I did not want her to play her idol. I did not want her to go home with an idol in her pocket. She has game in her. She comes across as goofy. She She's and like share. the emotional woman uh, face of the season. And you know, I'm always going to root for an emotional woman, but she has game game um i read that she is playing she was playing online survivor yes. games she's um I, I don't know if she won one of her online survivor games she's like she's good at games she's good at strategy and i think it's going to work to her advantage that she's so goofy because people will underestimate her the question will be is she going to appear as too much of a loose cannon for uh, people to want to work with. I think we've passed that threshold. I think that people already do want to work with her. I mean, the Carolyn is something that I was actually very high on in the preseason, mostly because I feel like that, you know, the game is so meta at this point where I think that people are sort of like have their eyes out like, Oh, Helen, she seems like she knows how to play the game. She seems like a logical, smart player. She's got to go. Uh, Carolyn, <laughs> not a threat, not worried about her, not worried about these sort of like uh, real, like random personalities that are just here to make good TV. And really with Carolyn, you know, she's a little bit in disguise where she kind of does know the game well and is sort of like disguised as sort of like a big personality. Yeah. And, and, and literally in disguise too, cause she's always covered in mud. Mm-hmm. Somehow that woman is always covered in mud. Um, she, I'm so happy found the idol tonight. Yes. She obviously mucked up a bit in putting it back cause she just went right to camp without checking what was in it. So she didn't know that there was sort of a fake bait that you could put in there and carefully tie it back up. But It didn't even matter because they were all pointing their fingers at each other because she's so unassuming that they're like, oh, she was freaked out by the snake. Of course, she's like climbing in a tree, finding a snake. The idol's not going to be up there. The idol's not going to be the key or whatever is not going to be up there. Snakes are going to be up there. So now we know. Now we know. Gabby, how many seasons have we had in Fiji? Have we had one snake on Survivor in the Fiji era? Did you ever see a snake? Depends if you're talking about the animal or the person. Ooh. Um, I saw a water snake, actually. It was really cool, but the camera guy didn't get it because it was super fast. But that was like a legit tree snake. Like, it was large 
And I know nothing about snakes, so I have no other commentary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was a great moment that she found the snake and it was a great cover for her to be able to find the key and then ultimately get away with it. So I, it, it was really, really great. We had the other moment with the birdcage with Daniel also uh, or Danny uh, who also had the moment. I like that we've uh, like burned through all of the birdcage stuff now through two episodes that we like spaced out like the beads and the necklace in Survivor 43. I'm glad we got through it all here in uh, Survivor 42. Danny has a similar escapade to Carolyn, but does get away scot-free. Yeah. Yeah. That was good on Danny. I mean, and I think he got away with like, he seems like the firewood guys, like the firefighter guy looking for fire, firewood. Yeah. So, um, I don't think people suspected him at all. Whereas, I mean, they were both impressive in different ways because Carolyn somehow did it in the middle of a group search. Danny somehow got away with doing it, um, off on his own. And thank God, new players are a lot smarter that they are no longer telling everybody about all their advantages. That is how it should be. Don't, you don't need to be telling everybody unless, uh, you know, unless I mean, on my, on my season, we had this like summit where everybody shared all their advantages because we needed that for the numbers. But like you're in the early days of the game, you're on a six person tribe you keep that information to yourself for as long as possible. So, so happy to see them doing that. And yeah, now they all also have these little, little fake lures. So we'll see what they do with those. The, those tribe members won't, won't know about it. Whereas on the, um, Brandon, when he found it, they all know that there's sort of a fake idol there. Yeah. Now, interestingly in survivor 44, they did change things up a little bit. They made the fake decoy thing, three different things. So where Brandon had like, sort of like, I don't know, some sort of like fake orange, uh, uh, object, where Carolyn had like a bracelet. And so Danny gets a silver coin. Do you think it's possible that we could see people faked out by these objects, uh, considering that they are not all the same? Definitely, especially because Brandon's tribe knows about the fake decoy. And it's this really obvious orange thing. Almost looks like it was 3D printed on Carson's <laughs> printer. <laughs> yeah. uh, who also, who has, who just has a 3D printer in their home? I don't understand that at all. Um, very normal. Uh, and and the other people's were like beads and a little silver thing that I really feel like could look like an idol in the future. So if the other, even if Brandon's tribe at merge says like, oh, you know, there's a fake, there was a fake idol that came with it too. Um, the other people will, will maybe be thinking theirs will be like this purple or green thing that looks like that. They're not going to think it's this gold coin mm-hmm. or whatever. And, oh, we didn't talk about, I think Danny put back his bait in the bag. And what we don't know is whether he placed the key somewhere for somebody to then find and think that they found an idol. He could, he could put the, could he put the paperwork back with that? And like, I think so. I think that's like the perfect crime ultimately of like to put the fake idol back. And I think that, um, I think that Damabate attempted uh, to do something similar, like with Chris Noble of, OK, here's a fake idol with the real paperwork and then trying to pass it off to uh, other people. So I think that yeah. is what they want you to do. 
Yeah. And I don't know that I love that. Um, if, if you, if, if we're going to have like paperwork and receipts and stuff, it's like, what does it mean? And if I freaking found an idol with paperwork on it, I would think that's real. Obviously that's the point, but it feels a little bit weird, murky areas of the rules of like, this is, this is with this. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying, uh, if that were me, I'd be really, really very mad if mm-hmm. I found that, but I mean, it's good strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see, um, ultimately how it plays out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Now, I want to ask you, Gabby, about... The uh, we saw the relationship starting to develop with Franny and Matt. Okay, yeah, and I, I I feel like okay. Oh, this is this is great to talk to you about. But then I'm like, oh, I wonder if Gabby if, if this is annoying for Gabby <laughs> to talk about the titular two dorky magnets. It is not annoying. I when I saw that on the episode, I was like, I'm so glad I'm going to be talking on the podcast tonight. I couldn't be more thrilled to be talking about these two dorky magnets. Oh, my gosh. So first of all, this is to me, clearly a romantic connection. Yes. So, I mean, unlike are, in David versus Goliath, <laughs> unlike some other platonic nerdy duos that we've had in the past, um, this is this seems romantic. And yes. um, I have heard word from my little birdies that it is safe to at, at least be shipping them blank and shipping. because blank and shipping them. Franken shipping them because neither of them has significant others at okay. the time of filming of the show. Well, that's what I wanted okay, to ask you. That I we don't to get, know I about. To get your blessing to say, like, I'm like, are, we're, we're not like just like putting this on them and we're reading into something that maybe isn't there. I feel like I'm the perfect Confirmed. person to talk yes. about this for that reason. And Certainly. like, uh, we we have insurance that I don't know what happens after, but we have insurance that it is safe for root to them within the context of 
the game because we're not going to find out about any uh, secret r- partners that we don't know about. Right. But I mean, they're clearly framing it in this romantic way, at least from Matt's side, because he's talking about this. He just had a breakup and he is clearly like his ex attracted. Took, took the dog. He lost custody the of the dog. dog. Yeah, he lo- that was so sad. It was very sad. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. He's clearly so drawn to her, and why wouldn't you be? She's such a lovely, uh, bubbly personality. Franny is. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the little montage where he's like, "Oh," and she has a cute laugh, and she's like snorting. On oh my gosh, just absolutely adorable. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, strategically, this is such an interesting thing to get into because, God, they're not being subtle at all. No. And Claire had some great reactions to all of this. Yeah, Claire, I mean, Claire sees it right away and she's like, this is putting a a target on your back. I don't know why she says this is putting a target on Franny's back, because wouldn't you think it would be both Franny and Matt? And maybe that's a little telling. I'm the wrong person to ask, because once upon a time, like uh, I was in a six person tribe and there was a showman. And I was like, oh, my God, these idiots. What are they doing? You're you're (laughs) like uh, you're making yourselves targets, you morons. Um, And. What do I know? I know nothing. I don't know anything either. Somehow when I was in a duo like this, a very close duo, again, not romantic, um, we were not uh, ever targeted as a duo. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a bigger tribe or something like that. In this case, the question is, though, do you really want to target a duo? Because a duo on a six person tribe, yes, they are powerful, but you have to get like four people on board with getting one of yeah. the duo out. And so if Franny and Matt even have like one Alliance member, that's a very strong group. So I think it's more of a strength than a liability. Um, especially if they have other strengths they're bringing to their tribe. Like they seem to get along with everybody. It'd be one thing if they were like isolating themselves and being weird, but like, it seems like Franny has a relationship with Claire. Like they're talking in the woods. Franny is also very self-aware where she's like, Oh, I'm telling Matt, he's got to like keep his distance from me. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Uh, Matt, Matt seems to have like a one track mind on Franny, but I mean, she seems Heidi also seems like she's in the mix. Unfortunately, Danny seems like he's all, doing his own thing and Josh isn't on the show. Josh. Yes, yes. That's the person. Yes. He, we got to see him in the immunity challenge, but uh, he has been very quiet through three hours. Yeah. Of that's a shame. Yeah. Heidi is from Pittsburgh where I used to live. And then I think we got Josh saying like my family lived there. And that was <laughs> the last thing I heard out mm-hmm. of his mouth. Yes. Um, but he did a great job on the challenge. Good job, Josh. So we don't know where they lie. I don't know where Heidi lies. Actually, I feel like I don't know her very well. But the point is a duo in Survivor is very, very, very strong, um, especially in the six person tribe. Especially in a six-person tribe, exactly. So yes, does it put a target on their back? Yes, it does. But also, are they a scarier... Are they scarier people to go after because you know that you are not going to get... There's already one person automatically who's probably not going to vote for them. So there's there's fewer people for you to choose from to work with. So you're almost like, forced to work with them in a way, but 
we'll see it. And then also, do you want to be the person like pushing to get rid of these two people? And then like, I don't know. I I could see I'm biased. I'm heavily biased because I just think the two of them are adorable, both Mm -hmm. as a duo. And obviously they're the type of people that I gravitate towards. Like Franny is, is probably the most similar person I've seen to myself that's been on survivor in a long time. I mean, you know, there's a whole sort of lineage of us nerdy gals, but like she's a researcher who's like, we're, we're very, very similar. And so I'm, biased because I'm going to be rooting for her. And Matt seems like a sweet, sweet baby angel. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we talked about his big long, long rod, rod. Yeah. big yeah. long rod on TV. Um, but like sweet angel, he's getting over a breakup. I love how vulnerable he's being. He doesn't have a vote for the next two tribals, mm-hmm. um, but I really hope that they are able to work together as a strategic duo and dot, dot, dot. We'll see how strong these magnets are. Yes. Okay. Two dorky magnets. And then Gabby, is Ernest a good name for a stick bug or no? I say yes, because I love naming animals dorky. Was it Ernest or was it like Eugene? I thought it was <laughs> Ernest. Um, You're probably right. I think I'm biased because when I got my two cats, I also wanted to name them like I wanted to name them old person names. So their official names are Oliver and Mildred. Yeah, but I call them all Ol- Millie and Ollie. But um, I love like a very human name for an animal and a stick insect, I feel like deserves a name of dignity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very dignified name of, of Ernest. Um, we also have the orange tribe, uh, the uh, uh, Ratu, Rat, Ratu. They are, um, I thought, boy, this tribe is going back to tribal council. They were a disaster in the premiere. And then Matthew, his shoulder is uh, not working. They're going right back to tribal council. They bounce back. Oh, my gosh. They bounce back because other Matt, uh, Matt, the dad, takes his arm out of his sling. And Mm -hmm. like wins the challenge because he's practiced it before in his backyard. Like, wow. You mentioned the 3D printing earlier. Okay. We had like back to back. Okay. Where Jeff is like, wow, Matthew, you, you seem very good at this. Like, well, Jeff, you know, I did, I, I have practiced this in my backyard. I've built this out of plywood. And so that's, that's why I'm just like, wow, that's incredible. And then we go to commercial, we come back. And Carson is like, yeah, I uh, Survivor reuses a lot of the ch- same challenges. So I 3D printed all of the puzzles at my house. Gabby, is this a good thing? Uh, what? You mean like for the game of Survivor? It almost feels like that Survivor's like, hey, if you, you really want to be a, a Survivor winner, Go build the challenges that we have in the game at your house and practice them before you come here. Yeah, I don't like that. I made a note of that because Jeff always says, like, this is a challenge you would have never done before. Like, you've never had to build a tower with your feet before. And that's part of the fun of it is he's like, you can train for a lot of things, but like you can't train for Survivor because Mm -hmm. all of these challenges are weird things that you wouldn't do in regular life. 
But because they reuse things so much, now people can. And in a way, they're breaking the game. We've seen like Evie a few seasons ago solve yep. the puzzle immediately. We've, see, we've seen all these things. Spencer a long time ago, um, if, you know, memorized the, the Tangram puzzle. Right. puzzle. So, you know, I think there's ways to strategize. Like I'm a big puzzle fan. There are certain puzzles that you can kind of just know, like, I grew up with, uh, my dad was one of those people that had a lot of those wooden teasers in his office. I think things like that are fair game, but like the same like tree shaped puzzle and the bat puzzle and everything that's going to be the same every year. I don't, I'm not loving it because it, first of all, it's, it's, I get it. It's a cool super fan thing. Like for right now where it's like, oh my gosh, Carson is haha, He's a nerd who has a 3d printer. He's a rocket scientist. Uh, okay. Um, what kind of people are able to have 3d printers in their house? Like, 3d printers. I, and then, you know, uh, I got to shout out Wendell, uh, happy birthday. Uh, Wendell, let's get a bit, a side hustle going of like, uh, let's go out to people's houses and build the survivor challenges for aspiring contestants so that they can practice. This is going to be a good business, Gabby. Yeah, it's a very good business. There are several businesses uh, that I've seen online that sell these puzzles. And I think that that's really cool. Little I think ones, it's fun. but not like these Little big builds. Ones. Yeah. No, I, I mean, but here's the thing. Like, is this yet another way in which Survivor is going to like be unfair to certain groups of people who can like, who can afford 3d printing? Like, it's not going to be, you mm -hmm. know, like the trucker from out, whatever. And right. it's not who can afford like the jigsaw and the saws and stuff that are jigsaw is the name of a saw, not the, puzzle um right not the uh, not the guy and not from, the clown yeah. from yeah not the jigsaw but the jigsaw that you use to saw out the jigsaw pieces mm -hmm. and the, right <laughs> but um i don't know i think it's like cute for right now but like i don't want to see it anymore i don't i don't i don't want it but i did think it was very funny i think it was carson that comes back to camp and mm -hmm. he's like God, who can, who, who can build a whole thing in their backyard? Like we can't even compete with that. And then he's like, but I've been 3d printing all along, but Carson was smart for not saying it out loud. Cause that was the only thing I thought it was awesome that Matt did that for the record, like super yeah. cool. And I was really happy for him that he, he won like that. It was a very cool moment. Right. Wish he didn't say it out loud. People can't help themselves though. Yeah. And you're excited to be there and you want to tell everybody and you want to brag about it. I mean, you know, people, you know, they tell you practice making the fire and then the final four challenges, literally like making the fire. So I guess it's kind of similar, but like when you get down to the end and you're doing some motion, the idea is supposed to be, it's like an endurance challenge and it's not like, oh yeah, I've been practicing this at my home for two years. So uh, I got this one in the bag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and seeing how people adapt and seeing what the learning curve is, right? Jeff's like, there's a big learning curve on this. Well, yeah, but Matt figured out the learning yeah, curve like last summer in his backyard. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And ultimately, it looks like Kane is in trouble. Uh, he ends up uh, kind of going down with the ship with Maddie last week. Do you think there's hope for Kane? Kane, uh, I think... 
I don't know. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Kane, I feel like wh- I, I don't know if Kane did more or could have done more because my thought was Kane's like, well, I'm the only guy that voted for Brandon. Man, I'd be throwing people under the bus. I'd be like, uh, dude, the reason I voted for you is because everyone and name names. These people all said they were going to vote for you. Don't you think it's weird that Matt played his shot in the dark when he wasn't in trouble? He just didn't want to reveal that he was going to vote for you. I'd be throwing everybody under the bus Um, or, you know, throw Maddie under the bus. Who's not there anymore and say, Oh my God, like Maddie lied to me and said that did whatever, make up some story. Maybe he did. And we don't know, but yeah, Kane's in trouble because he was the only one that kind of got caught voting for Brandon, uh, who apparently is, must be the leader or something of his tribe because that's, that appears to have been a bad thing, even though it seems like that is maybe what the consensus had been. Um, and if I were Brandon, I'd be very concerned because he would have gone home if he hadn't played that idol. And I would be asking Kane, like, well, what do you mean? Who, why did you vote for me? Who was telling you to vote for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that he is going to only have the answer of Maddie. And then uh, Maddie was telling everybody else to do it. Uh, we found out that then Matthew played his shot in the dark as sort of uh, defensively uh, or not necessarily defensively, but also as a way to not have cast a vote. Did you like that, Gabby, uh, that Stephen and I were talking about that maybe that's what he did? But if he was so confident, uh, why not put the vote on Maddie and save the shot in the dark? I Yeah, um, that's a good question that I hadn't thought of. Because at first glance, I did like the move, I, I or I understood it at least, of not wanting to show your sides. But yeah, why wouldn't you want to pick sides if, like, you know one of them is going home. So uh, you could just kind of mm-hmm. count out. Unless he wanted to, unless he's working with Kane and it's like he doesn't want to reveal to Kane that he didn't really, I don't know. I think that maybe he might have not been 100% sure that Brandon was going to play the idol. So just in case the Maddie and Kane side won out, then he could say like, hey, I was with you the whole time. Oh, yeah, that's that's it. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's strategic. Um, I I think it's a good way to play the shot in the dark because I think one in six odds are not that great. Um, So it's not like uh, like the argument against it would be like, oh, he could have saved his shot in the dark. And it's like, eh, uh, uh, when you're later in the game, your vote is going to be more valuable than a one in six chance, in my opinion. Like it feels like the early game or like when you know consensus, you're going home to play the shot in the dark. That's like the only time you play it with a safe safety mm-hmm. mind. So I actually, I like the way that Matt is um, meta gaming this game mechanic and using it as like an opt out. Like I, I, ch- I choose not to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, which people have done in the past with like throwaway votes, but then of course you get that person mad at you. So maybe it was a good idea to do it, especially early in the game when like you really don't know which way it's going to go. And then you can kind of just like pick the majority afterwards. But like I said, I would have thought that the danger in that case would still be basically having Kane be mad at you because even though, yeah, you didn't vote with his side, you also like you dipped out and, now, if I'm Kane, I'm mad that you left me high and dry. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, and Kane looks like that he is in a precarious position. I think he did make a faux pas uh, that he, I think he's trying to curry favor with the group, uh, went out looking for the idol, found the crab, but then uh, did reveal himself a bit when he told uh, the group like, hey, I found the crab uh, here at the bottom of this tree. Right. Yeah. Where all the firewood is. Yeah. I, was like, mm-hmm. I found this crab in this weird looking knot in the tree that I was looking at for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, um, did they end up find? Did anybody end up finding it on that tribe? I don't remember now. Finding a new idol. Yeah. No. Uh, and no. we don't necessarily know if something will be rehidden. We do know uh, how a survivor does like to rehide things, but uh, we don't necessarily know. Uh, if there's going to be something rehidden at one of these uh, merge camps, uh, we don't see a lot of idols uh, get played in the new era pre-merge. Yeah, that's why last episode was so surprising. And I thought maybe we we're going to get another one tonight with Carolyn. But yeah, I guess you're right. We don't know if it's been placed again, but obviously it's put a target on Kane's back even more so than it was before. Yep. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Gabby, we've got some questions from the listeners of Rob as a podcast, but I do want to mention that in a couple of weeks, three weeks from tonight, uh, I will be back on the road with the first live show that we're doing in my uh, new hometown of Raleigh, North Carolina. And I've got some great survivor guests coming to join me. Uh, You know, I found some neighbors in the area. They're going to join me and we've got some uh, really fun survivor panelists uh they're going to be joining us for a really fun night of watching survivor with live podcast and after party to follow if you want to be there with us in person tickets are limited uh but you can go to rob has a website.com slash raleigh or rob has a website.com slash events for all the information okay gabby Let's go to some questions here from uh, the listeners. Okay. Um, all right. How about um, uh, Bat Jones 22, Gabby, wants to know, has any character made such a big impression as Carolyn starting with season 40? No. Hmm. <laughs> She's one of a kind. Of, well, the first person to come to my mind is Marianne. Marianne, yes. And Marianne won. So I I mean, I'm holding out for a possibility that Carolyn wins. I, I think she could. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if we were going to just go through like the biggest, just like out of this world personalities uh, since the new era, like I think it was really between, uh, you know, Marianne. And I don't know if there was anybody that was uh, just as sort of like uh, off the wall as Carolyn is. Yeah, uh, they're just both so memorable and they command they command attention like I there there are certainly big game players that we're going to associate with this new era but they, it was maybe more that they they're like really good at the game like Jesse or um uh, Ricard or Shan or something like that but like in terms of like sheer chaos mm-hmm. and kookiness and like one of a kind Carolyn I've never seen anyone like her before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do believe that the producers just adore her for so many reasons. Like one, like she's so expressive. She doesn't hold anything back. But I think that you also got at the tribal council that I think that they feel like that she also really embodies the experience of being out there on Survivor. And I think that Jam Jam highlighted that of, you know, he said, well, like what I love about Carolyn is that she opens the papaya and she screams because uh, she's uh, so grateful that it's a ripe papaya and she enjoys it. And I think that that is something that Survivor and Jeff and the producers do really try to focus on in the storytelling is like, who is there and present and like getting the most out of every moment of this experience. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I loved when Jam Jam said that. I was like, he, that it was like sweet of him. I felt like she was crying and he was like, that this is what we love about her. She's just so real and genuine. I thought that was sweet that he could see that in her. And also speaking of Jam Jam, like I feel like on any other season, he's the he's biggest the big character. Yeah. And he just happens to be on this tribe with Carolyn. Oh, the two of them are like uh, such an iconic duo. I'm really rooting for both of them. But like, you know, when I watched the preview for the entire season and Jam just like, I can't wait to poop in the ocean. And I'm like, oh, that guy's going to be so great and funny. And then you have someone that like out crazies him in Carolyn. And it's just like this. Mm -hmm. They're they're both so much fun to watch. But Yeah. yeah, I mean. They, she wears everything on her sleeve. She doesn't seem to have like ulterior motives in in like her craziness. It's like it's literally just her unfiltered. She talked about digging through her son's poop yeah. on national television. Was, she mentioned she's she, mentioned a different bodily excrement each episode, each episode so, so far. far. Yes. Um did the poop tooth. Okay. Uh, you know, poop as a parent, tooth. you know, I'm familiar with the tooth fairy and how this works. Son swallowed the tooth. Okay. <laughs> she went, she said, I was going to dig through the poop for three days. Like I wasn't going to let my son not put his, his tooth under the pillow. They put the poop <laughs> tooth under the pillow. They put the poop tooth. The poop tooth Where went back she- under the pillow. They washed it, I guess. But where did they, where did she dig through the poop? The poop went into the toilet and then her son had to alert her. Mom, I pooped. Mm -hmm. It's time. Mm -hmm. It's time. 
to find the tooth. And she did she, she got gloves. She reached into the toilet. Did she transfer it to a bucket and then do some digging? We may only get an hour for the deep dive, but 25 minutes it might be the, the, the play-by-play of the poop tooth. The poop tooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. But what a funny woman that she's like, yeah, this is how I'm going to describe my idol hunt. I'm going to liken it to digging through my son's poop for his tooth Mm -hmm. and then, and then putting it under his pillow to give him money. Sorry to Carolyn's son. Um, oops. Yeah. Um, (laughs) the tooth fairy is real. Yes. Tooth fairy is real. Gabby. Uh, similarly, um, my dog this past summer ate, one of my not tooth, but my uh, Bluetooth headphones and your, bl- your Bluetooth. Bluetooth Bluetooth headphones, <laughs> and we were concerned that it did not pass. So I guess similar to Carolyn, I had to go through my uh, pet's feces to see to find, to get to make sure that my Bluetooth had passed. A Bluetooth poop, a poop, poop Bluetooth. <laughs> but a at poop, no point did it go back under my pillow or near my ear. I just wanted to make yeah, sure. Yeah, wait. That the why plastic, did you want to find it then? I, I wanted to make sure that the pl- the the plastic didn't get like uh, lodged in her stomach. It was not uh, to get okay. to the Bluetooth fairy. Uh, it Do was you feel just like yes. It would have still functioned. Like, had you cleaned it and stuff, or it think- was not in one piece that she had. Oh, basically, okay. you know, um, which and and it was a frustrating experience because that me cannot get the case open for anything. The dog was able to uh, take it off the counter, get it open, no problem. Uh, eat a headphone. Yeah. Yeah. No wow. Problem. I didn't. I really didn't think that. Uh, we could talk about the poop tooth any longer, let alone mm-hmm. that you would have an, an almost like similar story, parallel yeah. story with the word tooth in it as <laughs> We're well. All Carolyn. Yep. Wow. Yep. She is all of us. Mm-hmm. She's all of us. Okay. All right. Let's uh, take this question. Gabby. What do you think? Lauren has a question. Do you want to, you want to uh, read the question? Yes. Lauren asks, do we think one of the chess pieces at tribal is an idol or advantage? Okay. Famously, Adam Klein tried to play the podium back at winners at war. We said one day U.S. survivor, this is going to happen. It's happened in different iterations of international survivor. Do you think the chess pieces will be anything having to do with an idol? Uh, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I mean, I definitely came into my head, especially when, again, Carolyn, so unfiltered. Why, why did you do all that? What is this? Why didn't you just do one piece? She's like the art critiquing the art department's direction. She's like, just one piece would have been enough. Why Mm -hmm. did you have to stage a whole game? Um, then they did like the, they changed the angle and they showed like the night piece or something. I actually don't play chess. I don't know what piece it was that they showed it from the other angle. And I'm sure that Twitter was like, that's, that's an idol or something. It could be, it could be, but, um, I mean, that'd be really cool if, so they would find like an advantage and it would say Psst, one of the pieces at tribal like, council. Screw when you go the up to top vote. off of the <laughs> rook. <laughs> 
I would, I, would, I would be like, I don't know which piece the rook is. <laughs> if, they, if they told me, I would be like, um, I know the king, queen, and the horsey. Mm-hmm. So like they'd have to, I'd have to ask your producer, like which piece is that? That would be really, really cool. Um, I wonder if players are going to try to like take the pieces. They're probably glued down or something like that. Like on survivor, there's so many things that are just uh, ornamental and decorative, but you can really get in your head that they're a part of the game. Like we had that on, on my season, there was like masks and yeah. Christian Hubicki convinced themselves that the masks were facing somewhere and they all meant something. And I was like, brother i think they're just masks (laughs) yeah do you like the theming that they're doing i feel like that they've got the chessboard and they've got lots of swords and shields and it's like they're going for something and what and what is that night medieval times i don't know (laughs) times the restaurant (laughs) yes um yeah i was a bit surprised by the chess pieces um but yeah it works i guess the sword and shield sort of work with Mm -hmm. that but um, and I'm trying to look at the logo right now yeah. that's on the live stream image, and I don't really see anything yeah. sword or shield related either. Oh. There needs to be more um, uh, discussion, cross departmental, you know, breaking down the silos and all that other corporate speak of like the theming. Yeah, but but it looks great. It yeah, all looks great. I, I think I got it. When so this is what you're supposed to do. You go into the booth and you like you vote like like you write down like Carson, and then you like move one of the pieces and be like. Checkmate. Ooh. That'd be good, right? That would be good until you go to move the piece and it's glued down. <laughs> yeah. You're like, checkmate. Oh, God. Darn it. Yeah. You're trying every piece. Let me give you this question from Smudge, and then I'm going to ask you a meta question. Okay. Uh, Smudge Love wants meta. to know now that we see our beloved Crazy People Alliance with Jam Jam and Carolyn, do we see them making a long run into the merch? Um. Okay. I love this. I just talked about how much I love this alliance. Also, I want to say I also use the word crazy and I definitely want to say that's coming from a place of endearment and love. They're they're crazy. Fun, crazy. crazy. I I believe Karen called herself crazy. uh, I call myself crazy all the time. So I'll say as a crazy person, I'm allowed to use the word crazy. We're not making a clinical diagnosis. Yeah, we're not, but I, but I also just don't, not even in a clinical sense, but it's like crazy, you know, people can be like, oh, they're crazy. They're crazy fun. They're crazy. They're great. Just like PLC was crazy, sexy, cool. Oh yeah. A little, um, too dated of a reference for me. I'm sorry. Um, Steven would, uh, probably appreciate it. I don't know. Does Steven know? pop culture. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I he really knows hope- <laughs> SWV by proxy, but, uh, that's about yes, it. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. He, um, not he, Steven, we're not talking about Steven anymore. Jam Jam and Carolyn, I really hope make a uh, run into the merge and I could see them doing yeah. so like now they're positioned really well on their tribe. Then they get to the merge and it's like, who's looking at them? I, I don't know. I mean, back like in the in the meta game. Well, what was your meta question? Okay, well, I... yeah, and and just to speak to what you're saying, that for the three of them, that I I do feel like that they they do have the BDE, uh, not like Blankenship, uh, Big David energy. I feel like uh, uh. of that being the underdogs and sort of like, hey, we're coming together, and so it's a very rootable alliance. But for Carson. 
Okay, and this is the kind of question Steven would like this question. Okay, For, was it a mistake of to <laughs> side with the two people who are probably biggest two characters of the season? Biggest two confessional screen time hogs there are, as opposed to the two women that I think uh, between them have three confessionals and are probably like, like Carson could have been the it person of the season had he gone with the Helen and Sarah side of things. No. <laughs> Wait, so your meta question Instead, is about he's like the if, third lead on the other alliance. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So if Carson is like meta gaming, he could have been the face, oh been the face of Carson, Helen, Sarah. He he's getting the screen time anyway. We've heard so much about his NASA internships. Yes, but regardless, oh man, uh, you, oh you think he would meta game the game to be like, how do I get the most confessionals? Yeah, mm-hmm, Stephen mm-hmm. would love that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not Stephen, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> what would Stephen say? What would Stephen say? Oh, say? Oh, that's actually a really good uh, a really good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a but good point if Carson also, wasn't, but you know, to go, you know, that if there's one side of the Alliance that are like, uh, clearly like, oh, the, the production loves these two, then maybe, uh, like not bad to like hit your wagons of these two. Yeah. That's it's what definitely, that's what Steven would say. Um, Carson is not 3d printing puzzles <laughs> to get airtime. Like also everyone on survivor, uh, like thinks that all of their confessionals are going to be shown. They're like, I can't believe they didn't talk about that time that I was in sixth grade and talked about this. Like everyone thinks all of their confessionals are gold. No, everyone thinks they're the main character, but yeah, yeah maybe that is a meta Everybody's strategy. The their own narrative. Yeah. Uh, uh, people in the future players should be like, uh, I want to be in an alliance with like the two more soft-spoken people and not the two <laughs> wacky people because they're going to overshadow me. But honestly, like maybe it's not a bad strategic move because you're like, well, the all the attention is going to be on Jam Jam and Carolyn. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, then does he get taken out as like the brains? It's well, like, I, like, I think is a, a fair question to ask of like uh, these three go to the merge. I mean, who are they? Who are they gunning for? I, I don't know. Like they keep talking about how he's so well positioned. Probably not Carolyn. It's probably, I think it's probably between jam jam or Carson. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. I'm not Steven Rob. Mm -hmm. I, and I never will be. I'm sorry. I can't be him. Look, I I don't want to try to put you at in that position to try to have to be Steven. (laughs) I just want you to be Gabby. All right. That I can do. All right. Uh, Let's see. What uh, haven't we talked about? Uh, How about this question from Deanna? Deanna asks, what are the odds Carolyn is playing the modern version of King Philip, an overt character that could win? No, I assume she's referring to Philip Shepard. I assume so because and if it's an australia survivor reference Mm, i won't get it because i don't watch that no i don't believe so i don't know anybody else so it must be philip shepherd um which makes sense with the question right an overt character um 
I mean, I don't know that she's doing anything intentionally. I think she is being herself and she's probably self-aware enough, which she is self-aware to know that people are going to underestimate her. And so I really hope she can get to final tribal um, because I think she will be a lot more eloquent at explaining her game than people might think she could be. Now, I do not believe that uh, Carolyn is acting in any way. I think this is authentically Carolyn. That being said, Gabby, if she is acting in any way, then I think this is such a slam dunk. And I know that, look, you you have connections that I do not have to one auteur, Mike White. Okay? And <laughs> this is my pitch. I don't think anybody's put this out there that... Send Carolyn to the White Lotus season three. She's Gen- she's Jennifer Coolidge's sister, cousin. She is some some relative. Absolutely. Send it to the White Lotus. Absolutely. Long lost sister, Jennifer Coolidge's. I think Mike White would love Carolyn. Like oh, she's so he, absolutely. Wacky. He lo- well, he loves characters. And, and, and I'm gonna and, ask him. Yeah, I'm gonna ask him. Are you watching Survivor? And what do you think of Carolyn? And if you are not watching, watch because you will have your script written for the yes. next season of White yes. Lotus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Just tell him you thought oh of that. Gosh. Oh my gosh. I will. Yeah. No, Rob. Why do you think? Why do you think Mike White doesn't like you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Do you okay. even like me, Rob? I've heard that. I've heard that. <laughs> okay. Um, Gabby, what about this question? Galen wants to know, uh, what are your thoughts on planting the fake idol in someone else's bag? Ooh, that's such a fun idea. Um, like, that what's this jam be- jam? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> You've been lying to me. Uh, cool idea. But then like, I feel like that person would be so dumbfounded that it would like, it'd be obvious that it was a play. Like they'd be like, guys, I literally don't know where this came from. It must be from that half opened bag. And so like, now, you know, it's not me. I mean, unless it was like this huge brain play. Oh my God. What if Carolyn planted the fake idol? (laughs) Just kidding. Mm -hmm. She could just like show the real idol and be like, somebody planted this fake idol. It's too, it's like, (laughs) who put this in my bag? (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is fake. Don't ask me how I know it's fake. Put this fake came with the paperwork and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a really cool idea. I mean, but mm-hmm. I still like the thought of uh, that is next level. It's big brain. Yeah. I, I think it would be great though to to place it back in the cage yeah. or like oh okay you know what now I'm seeing the vision because here's what you do you leave the cage askew um you. And then you plant it. I guess that's probably what this person was envisioning. I wasn't seeing the whole vision so earlier. Sorry yeah. about that. I, I like it. I kind of like it. But you would have to make the timing so clean that like it the perfect couldn't crime. have been you. Right. The perfect crime. <laughs> okay. All right. Gabby, you've uh, brought so much to the know-it-alls tonight. Uh, I appreciate it so much. Do you have a fishy award or the Gabby Pescuzzi version of a fishy? 
Oh my God. I am not qualified to hand out the fishy, This would be but a I tough will. night to, uh, to give it out to anybody, I guess maybe Carolyn. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give, I'll call it the scoozy award. Yes. And, um, it's, it will go to Carolyn because she found the idol. She didn't tell anybody about it. And the vote didn't waste went it. In her, didn't waste her idol. The vote went in her favor. She clearly has connections. Like, I mean, people might be tempted to say like it was Carson. He was casting the deciding vote. We don't know enough about his reasoning yet to know if that Mm -hmm. was a good move or not for him. For Carolyn, it went the way that it could have best for her. She didn't get caught. No one's suspicious of her. She's getting the scoozy. Okay. I'm with you 100% on that one. Uh, let me bring up a comment. Also, uh, the great Chappelle is here in the chat. I'm here to say hi to uh, Gabby. Uh, Chappelle (laughs) is standing by with Taryn Armstrong and Asia Welch. They are going to be live right after us. We are the lead in for the big brother Canada 11 premiere recap coming up in just a few moments, right after we go off the air. Uh, the big brother Canada 11 crew, uh, will be in here to talk about the premiere of big brother Canada 11, uh, with a very special, it's a kickoff night tonight. And then tomorrow night we have a, a brand new feature. We're very excited about the great winner of big brother Canada 10. Kevin Jacobs will be joining our coverage weekly on Thursday night eviction recap. So, uh, join Kevin Jacobs with Taryn and Melissa tomorrow on Thursday to discuss Big Brother Canada 11 eviction number one live. Okay. Very fun. Okay. That sounds very fun. Hi, Chappelle. And have fun with that. Okay. Uh, Of course, uh, I told you about everything coming up on the podcast on Thursday. Of course, all of our Survivor podcasts will also be coming your way in the Rehap Ups feed. You can subscribe to all things Survivor in one place. Rob is a website.com slash Survivor feed. Uh, I'll be live with Grace Leader for the feedback show at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on Monday coming up. So uh, be on the lookout for a midday Monday feedback show. Also for the patrons of Robinson Podcast, I'll be back with Survivor Academy this weekend. Beth Dixon is going to join me to talk about what were the lessons that future Survivor players can learn from the first three hours of Survivor 44. That's a patron-only podcast coming up this weekend. We'll get a patron question thread as well. Uh, not to mention, also, I will be alive with our happy hour. But the patrons, uh, there's, uh, so many things uh, going on uh, for our patrons. Uh, happy hour, I'll be taking your calls on Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern if you want to talk about Survivor as well. Not to mention uh, the brand new series, The Survivor Burning Question, Gabby, where I do a deep dive into one question. I, and I could use some uh, inspiration for the one question to answer from this week's episode. Early access uh, to that brand new series uh, for the patrons as well. That's all part of what I like to think is the greatest reality TV community in the world. Of course, we make it so easy for you to watch international reality shows too, like uh, International Survivor, International Big Brother. It's all in one place. Rob has a website.com slash patron. I mean, yeah, that sounded pretty incredible, right? 
Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> a lot I, had to, it's a lot I don't going know on. how you sleep. I, I don't know. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am watching Australian Survivor. I will be doing another check-in with Shannon Gus, of course, uh, that she uh, has her uh, full recap of uh, this week's coverage. Uh, but then I'll be checking in uh, with Shannon Gus. Puya will join me as well. Coming up on Thursday night. And then... Brian Cohen and Ali Lasher kicking off another season of the challenge. Uh, what is this? The challenge. What is it called? The global championship. Yeah. World world something. championship. Boy, they don't yeah. stop on the chat. They, they really don't sleep on the challenge. Okay. Uh, check out Brian and Ali with their coverage of the brand new season. Uh, of course, uh, all that is available. Check it out. Rob is a website.com slash subscribe for the links to all of our podcast feeds. Gabby, what's coming up for you? What's coming up for me is th- three more years of. Oh my God. Uh, that, and just at, just like that. Okay. Uh, three, Three more years of school for Gabby, and I think that that might have been all that Gabby and her internet could have taken. So um, as we uh, wait for Gabby to unbuffer, thanks so much to the great Gabby Pascuzzi for being here with us. Uh, This was a super fun know-it-alls for me. Very appreciative of Gabby being here uh, for this one. I think this was a really fun episode to get to talk about. Really looking forward to digging into all of it with Mike Turner coming up on Thursday. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Enjoy the Big Brother Canada. Take care of a good one. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.